Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hey loves, welcome to Clear the Clutter podcast, where I teach you timeless principles to clear out old money and mindset beliefs that are holding you back. Today, we're going to talk about episode number 73, Do You Feel Like You Can Trust Money? And of course, if this is the first episode you've listened to me, I'm always going to give you examples. If you are a 72 plus episoder, then you know we're going to dive deep into some examples. So one thing I want to do really quickly is if you have listened to the podcast for a while now, you know that I am all about the journal prompts. And so what I've been doing lately is I have been giving you a super secret code for the journal prompts. They are 50% off only if you use this code. The link does not exist anywhere else. So go to margaretstevens.co slash shop or click on the link in the show notes and use code podcast love. Doesn't matter if it's all caps or not. And you'll get 50% off all of my journal prompts. So if you really need to dive deeper into something, that's definitely a great opportunity to do it. And who does not like a coupon? So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive into today's topic about money and trust and (laughs) scarcity and frustration. So Before I get started, I want to talk to you about why I thought about specifically talking about feeling like you can trust money. For a very long time, I did not feel I could trust money. So I, even as a little kid, built beliefs in other things. So one of my one of my favorite memories, and it's more fond than like sad, but I was like 12 or 13. And I bought this book. It was called The Frugal Gazette. And I'm not even joking. This thing was like six or seven inches thick, hundreds of pages big. And it was um, a print. I had read the book in the library because I was a super big library person when I was little. And I read the book a little bit and I ended up saving up so I could buy it. And it was how to go ahead and do all of these hacks because again like internet and social media and all that wasn't really that big of a thing especially when I was that little um so it was all of these hacks on how you could save money how you could wash your clothes and hang them up in your house so that they dry so you didn't have to use your dryer so that your electricity bill will go down how you could go ahead and rewash like ziploc baggies and hang them up and the proper way to hang them up so you could use them three four and five and six times how to coupon how to buy in bulk this was all before the couponing uh, craze you know how to go ahead and start um looking and trending. Okay, this store does a BOGO every three months. That means I'm going to buy approximately 18 widgets of this BOGO and that'll get me to the next BOGO. I thought when I was younger, I thought that it was all about being resourceful, being resilient, being, um, you know, thoughtful. What I didn't realize was that I didn't feel like I could trust money. I wasn't conscious of it. I really wasn't conscious of it until I was in my mid twenties. So until then I unconsciously had this totally fucked up relationship with money. Um, there would be times where money would come into the household and Ben and I, you know, Ben or I, or both of us would get a really good job. And then, you know, we would start going out. We'd start living a little, we'd start, and and mind you, living a little meant going to like Red Lobster once a week (laughs) or going to the movies 
once or twice a week. Like it wasn't like I was buying, you know, popping bottles, let's say, right? Like living a little was not living a little, but it felt like it felt very luxurious to us. Maybe buying some nicer clothes at TJ Maxx versus buying like the discounts of the discounts. Um, buying shoes that didn't break down after two or three times I used them. Like, oh my God. So there was a story where, and this is again, why I was like very unconscious about my money mindset. I would drive to St. Pete, which was a good 50 miles away to go to this discount shoe store. That was like one of those like buy one, get one shoe stores. It was no offense, but it was totally in the hood. And it was super cheap, non-quality shoes, but I could walk in there for like 30 or 40 bucks and I could have really what I thought were cute shoes, even though they didn't last, I would have cute shoes and they would last me for three or four months. And I spent 40 bucks and I got like four or five pairs of shoes. And mind you, I'm doing all of this work. I did a crazy, and that's the thing. Like if you, if I look back, I did a crazy amount of things just to go ahead and try and save a couple bucks because money didn't feel safe. Money didn't feel reliable. Money didn't feel like I could trust it. I could rely on it. I could go ahead and predict it. I could go ahead and grow it, that it would stay around. Um, you know, I was constantly, especially in my younger years, I was constantly in and out of credit card debt. Um, and it was always over dumb stuff, right? It was not, majority of the time, it wasn't like we had like some, life-threatening emergency. Of course, there was times that we did, but like it was, we just got in a little bit over our heads and then it would just snowball. And, you know, I remember this one time, I think it was like 24, I was sitting down, I was in the office or in my office, I should say, paying bills. And we had like a $2,000 credit card balance. And I remember sitting down and thinking, okay, if I coupon, and this is such a true story, if I coupon, if I sell our data, data to Google, because a ScreenWise panel had reached out and wanted to buy our data from Google, if I did those two things and then I did ads, so like, you know, like those sites like um, Swagbucks and things like that, where you could go ahead and fill out surveys. And then if you earned enough points or you scanned your receipts and you earn enough points, you could eventually turn those into gift cards. So my thought process was, and this was, this was reality and it used to make me want to throw up. So like, if I go ahead and screen wise enough, fill out those surveys, if I clip enough coupons, if I sell our data to Google, and if I'm able to shave a couple bucks off of our grocery bill, I can take our credit card payment and I can make a hundred dollar payment a month, not extra. Like I can just make a hundred dollar payment a month. And I think our minimum payment back then was like $32, right? Cause again, the credit card company is designing to keep you in debt. Like they're not like, Oh, we'll help you get out of debt in like six months. No. So like it had to take everything inside of me to go from the difference of $32 to a hundred dollars. And I did the math and it was going to be like a year and a half at this pace to get out of credit card debt, cashing in points, trying to do this, trying to do that. Like, you know, oh my God, I used to drive Ben insane. I would go around the house like a crazy person. And I was constantly unplugging everything because it would save $4 on our electric bill. So like I did that math and I was like, oh my God, this is exhausting. I can't keep living like this. I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't work my face off, do the best I can, ask for advice, ask for resources. Cause that's the thing, right? Like when you're that broke, 
And when you feel that, like, I don't know what the word, it's not like, when you're in that much despair, when it comes to money in particular, and you're like, but I'm willing to do the work. Why is it not working? Um, you know, you're not, you know, just trying to sit there and not do anything. You're not just trying to say, well, if I sit here on the couch and I watch TV, money is just magically going to pour into me. Like I have, and I may not have been the best at it in the past. Cause again, like everything else you learn and you grow, but I was so willing to do the work. Like I even talked to Ben on and off for most of our twenties of like, what if I got a second job? What if I got a second job? And then like, it all came to a head when we were running the motorcycle shop. So if you didn't know about this, I've talked about the motorcycle shop in the past back when I think we were like 25, I think. Yeah. I want to say 25, maybe 26. We opened up our own motorcycle shop. We had $10,000 that I had gotten from a car accident. And this is something super creepy and crazy. And I will never say something like this again. We were, I was, it was me, Ben and one of our friends. Um, and we were talking about, and this is like broke ass money mentality, right? We were talking about what bones we would break and how much cash we would want in exchange for it. And it was, it, and it wasn't like we were strategizing for this, but it was like, yeah, you know, if I broke a leg, that wouldn't be that big of a deal as long as I got paid blank, blank, blank. And like, it was meant to be a joke, but we had lived in a neighborhood that went from nice to ghetto. We all were broke. We all didn't have any faith that we could ever not be broke. God forbid anyone in our families, you know, whether it was mine or Ben's or our, you know, our friend, like none of our families had any type of money and savings account. Like their, their savings account was a credit card limit and like a home equity loan and, you know, a, enough debt to buy two and three cars because like life just caught up to them too fast. So like, we're talking about this and joking about it. And I remember saying so clearly, and it resonated so deeply. It was probably the first time I ever manifested, which is why I'm very mindful of it going forward. I was like, yeah, I break my arm for $100,000. And mother freaking trucker, Ben opens up the motorcycle shop a little bit after, I think, no, had he had opened up the shop yet? I think he was getting ready to open up the shop. I can't remember exactly if one, which one came first, but like I was in a car accident shattered my wrist. My wrist will never be the same. I have arthritis in my arm, shattered my freaking arm bone. I have shoulder issues. I have arthritis. I have all of these lingering things almost 10 years later, but yet we got paid. And mind you, I never actually, and this is why I'm always like, oh, you know, what is the take home? Like back then I said, I'd break my arm for a hundred thousand dollars. Well, the insurance company cut a hundred thousand dollars in a check, but you know, it was like 60 or $70,000. No, it was like, I think they got it down to $50,000 in medical bills. It took a year and a half. Um, at one point, my hand was so bad. I had to, I cried. This was before I even got a lawyer. I was talking to the insurance rep. Um, and these are very painful memories. So I do not take this stuff lightly. But like I was talking to the insurance rep for the person that had hit me. Um, and I had, at that point I was back to work. I was freaking high as shit on coding because I had to work. I was the only source. Yeah. I was at the shop or Ben was at the shop because I was the only source of income. So like I, I was on medication. So I had the accident. I was on medication for a week because it was going to be five days before they could get me into surgery. So they literally, the only thing that they could do was drug me into dang near a coma. Like I was awake for like an hour a day. They drugged me into a coma because my whole arm is completely shattered. Thank God nothing was sticking out until they could get me into surgery that Friday. And my mother-in-law had to use like every single string she knew to get me in even that early. So 
like I think it was a week or so maybe, maybe a week and a half. No, it was two more weeks after that. I worked from home. I had a sling in my arm. I had rods sticking out of my arm. Um, I am working from home. The company I'm working for, this was well before work at home era, the company I'm working for, even though it was an IT company, gave me so much shit about working at home, even though I was doing the very best I could to be productive. Finally, I was allowed to quote unquote, go back to work. And thank God my dad had a flexible job. So my dad drove me to Clearwater and picked me up two times a day for like two months until I got off coding so that I could drive myself. So mind you, when I say that I said I was willing to break my arm for $100,000, like I never actually got all that money. Most of it went to the insurance company. A good chunk of it went to the lawyer. Um, I still have issues with my arm going forward. It, it, it was a nightmare, but we ended up taking a little bit of that money and we opened up a motorcycle shop. We're like, you know what? We're going to do it. Opened up the shop and my money mindset really hit home of how fucked up it was when I started trying to manage my client's money. Now, mind you, I was conscious before this, like it, it was like a fucking light bulb went off in my head. I was conscious of this, that I needed to learn more about money. I thought it was like, I just needed to learn more about money. I needed to, to learn how to manifest. I needed to learn how to, you know, receive money and trust. I never in a million years would have thought like all of my issues were because I had bad programming and I was sac sacrificing. I was sabotaging the ever living shit out of myself. Never thought that in a million years. And then all of a sudden I went ahead and, you know, I'm working at the shop with Ben because I had gotten fired from my job. So while, you know, for the first like month or whatever, like, well, you know, I'll work at the shop and we'll see what happens and go from there. Um, I ended up being a most brilliant idea ever to have me work with Ben. And we've been working together for almost literally just shy of a decade at this point. But like, you know, we're working together. Um, I'm in the front managing the phone call, scheduling appointments, getting customers in, out, checking out, things like that. Right. And Ben's running the back. And I started noticing around shop number two, because we went from one location to the, we were in three locations in total. So location number two, um, I, I started to notice we were getting bigger, we were getting more traction. And I started to notice I was like managing my clients' money. And I would tell them, oh, I'll help you manage your money. And I, you know, like then one night it hit me, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, my job is to make a recommendation. Like, if they need a carb clean on their motorcycle, why am I like, well, you can get a carb clean, but like, maybe you can wait a paycheck. Like I would like, those were the words that came out of my mouth. Imagine a business going into any business, especially a small business, right? And having the person that is there tell you, well, maybe you can wait until next paycheck. Regardless that they needed the bike back or they wanted to pay or it didn't matter. Like that's none of the shopkeeper's business. And so like I did that over and over and over again. Like I would recommend a cheaper tire, even though I knew that they would burn through it faster because it was just cheaper. And I'm like, well, this is a cheaper tire and maybe we can get you a better tire on the next program or the next this, or maybe there's going to be a rebate or, oh my God, I can't tell you how many times I would slash our, our price margins so that we could go ahead and get a sale and like we would end up barely breaking even. So, you know, I had this history of an unhealthy mindset. I came from a family that unfortunately, even though they went very, very well, did not have any type of wealthy money mindset. They, they believed in lack, they believed in scarcity. They 
good, bad, or indifferent, and I appreciate everything that my parents did for me, but they racked up an obscene amount of credit card debt trying to raise me, you know, just to, to, to do the things, right? Like, obviously, some of it was me, some of it was their own decisions, but like, money knows never enough. And then that carried into adulthood. And then that carried into our business. And the breaking point was basically when I was like trying to manage my client's money. And I was trying to do all of these things. And basically, I'm like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this because we had just gotten a bookkeeper. Uh, We got in a recommendation to get a bookkeeper. And she came in and she's looking at our books. And I thank God for sending Jen in my direction because she was like, she called me out on my money mindset and she kind of woke me up to like how bad I was sabotaging. And she's like, you need to find someone so that you could go ahead and figure out how to fix this because you are going to bankrupt the business and you're going to bankrupt yourself in the process. Like you can't keep doing this. Your cash flow, she said, you know, basically, and I know this is very businessy, but it's the same thing, right? So cash flow, I don't care if it's your business or if it is your bank account at home. Your cash flow should look like a heart rate. It should go beep, beep, beep. You know, it shouldn't have these crazy spikes. It should just be little waves, like a nice, calm, wavy ocean. Nothing big, nothing, you know, bad, right? Our cash flow looked like someone having a heart attack. And she's like, literally, she's like, if I plot this on a graph, your numbers are crazy high and crazy low and crazy high and crazy low. She's like, your business is trying to tell you something. You know, she's like, God knows what your personal checking account looks like. She's like, your business is having a heart attack and you're making it worse. You need to stop managing your client's money. You need to stop being afraid to make recommendations. You need to stop being afraid of earning money and keeping money. Because if you do, this is going to end up really, really bad because a lot of our assets were tied up into the business. All of our money was tied up into the business. Like if we went bankrupt, like you would have, it would have crushed us, you know, it would have absolutely crushed us. So I got the wake up call. I finally realized, and I was aware, I'm like, okay, I got to change my money mindset. You know, a couple weeks later, I was going and I was able to find out about Amanda Francis. I've talked about her. This is going to be the fifth episode dedicated to specifically how money mindset has influenced my life. Like it is that important to me. And the difference is, you know, literally in the last four years, that was my reality four years ago. So when I talk about quantum leaping and collapsing time, This stuff has been happening. Let's be honest, right? This shit has been happening in the right direction and moving us in the right direction so fast sometimes that like it freaks me out and I'm like, wait, 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 stop. (laughs) I don't feel like it's stable enough. And so whenever I feel like that, I go back and I look back into her courses. I actually went through an experience where um, someone approached me about an opportunity and it was... It was something that I never in a million years would have imagined someone approached me about and it ended up not working out. And the crazy thing is it ended up not working out because I make more money now than they could offer me. Like I say that and I'm not trying to brag, but my point is where we are now four years later is we almost have six figures sitting in a bank account. We've got investments. We're getting ready to buy our first rental property this year. My, my dream opportunity that came my way, I make more, I make more money now than if I had done that opportunity. Like that is mind blowing. It was, it, it rocked my world. Like I couldn't function when I finally like looked at everything. I'm like, 
How is this possible? You know, and, and I go back to it's this vision. And I actually found it. It came up in my Facebook memories, which I thought was perfect timing. I had put a picture of buying property, having money, breaking through, having momentum, having land. I had a vision of all of that. And in a very, very short time frame, it came true because I was able to figure out how to find the tools to get me there. It wasn't just woo-woo thinking. It wasn't just journaling in a notebook. And mind you, I, I obsessively talk about journaling. I love journaling. It wasn't any of that. It was, I was conscious and dedicated to changing my core principle money beliefs. And from there, the, the after effects, the, the tsunami wave that came from that has made our lives so different. It's not even funny. And the scary thing is when I was going through this opportunity and I ended up realizing like, I make more money now. It doesn't make sense. Yada, yada, yada. I actually was talking to one of my girlfriends. I'm like, I don't know what to ask for anymore. Everything on my checklist has been, been given to me. I'm so grateful. It's not even funny. Like, what do I, what do I want now? Like, I don't know what to do. And so I spent a good month thinking, I'm like, okay, well, what is the next version of me want? Because we collapse time this freaking fast. Let's do it again. So Ben and I started talking about, okay, we want to buy land in Tennessee over the next, you know, handful of years. We want to have 10 rental homes, which I don't even own one yet. So let alone having 10 and being like, I'm going to be, you know, swaggy and we're going to own 10 rental homes is just mind blowing to think of. We're going to have even more time to take vacations. Cause like, that's the thing, right? All of this took work. I have never shied away from saying that this took work. The work got easier and smoother. It was still work, but like it wasn't the same uphill battle as it was four years ago. Like every year I had more momentum. I had more momentum. I had more momentum. And even this year, I feel like we have even more momentum, right? So we work, but now we have enough momentum in our lives that we, you know, like this sounds really crazy, but like we actually are like two weekends out of the month doing nothing. We're going antiquing. And, and, and you might be thinking like, really, that that is that is your goal is to have nothing to do and go antiquing. I mean, there was a time in my life where I couldn't take time off for like a year. Like, and I'm not exaggerating. Like I figured out how to do some, especially when we had the shop, I did some type of work every single day for a year. I have videos on Facebook showing where I had a 102 degree fever, but we were moving the shop from location number two to location number three. So I couldn't stop. I stopped and I, I remember I took that video and I was giving everyone an update on the shop because we had to be closed for a couple days. And it was like 1142 at night. And I had just done the last run of stuff in my car from point, you know, shop number two to shop number three. And I had a 102 degree fever and I was like loopy as all hell, but I didn't have the option to stop. So to go from that six years ago, let's call it six years to this now where we have time where we just were like, oh, you know what? It'd be really fun to like spend a date day and go antiquing or go this or if Ben wants to buy a sign he could go ahead and buy a sign or like we popped a, a hole in um the dually not the dually the uh, good lord not the dually those are new tires we popped a hole in the dump trailer tires and so it just made sense to buy six new tires because the trailer has six tires instead of like trying to figure out how to like scrimp and save and get one tire like 
So the juxtaposition of where our life was before to where our life is now it is, is such a night and day difference. The vision is such a night and day difference. It's not even funny. So when I stopped and I realized that we had accomplished everything, it was like, okay, well, how do we go ahead and move on to that next level? And I really, I, I will be very, very honest. I leaned very hard into Amanda Francis's course. Um, she has this one particular bonus. It's called Elevate and Overflow. And I was like, okay, I clearly need to revisit that course and becoming the wealth or the wealthy woman. Those were the two courses I really needed to lean into because it's like, okay, I need to understand what is the next version of overflow? What is the next version of grace? What is the next version of space? What is the next version of wealth look like, feel like, smell like? You know, how would I want that to come into our lives? Because clearly I'm a manifesting genius because I was able to manifest a broken arm. So like, you know, this stuff can be woo, but it also can be practical. You know, this stuff doesn't have to be scary. Money doesn't have to be scary. Money doesn't have to be overwhelming. Money doesn't have to, I, I mean, like, God, I remember, I remember the feelings I had in my body where like I constantly had this like low stomach pit, like that just was like nausea. It was like this constant low grade nausea that never went away. My shoulders, because I talk about body language a lot, body language will very clearly give away how you feel, even if you're not conscious of it. My, my body language was always hunched and kind of scrunched in, you know, there, there was all of these crazy things I used to do because money didn't feel safe. And to go from that to this, to where money does feel safe, money does feel good. I'm leaning into, you know, what does the next version of overflow look like? Ben's leaning into what does not having to trade my body for money look like? And, and that sounds very like naughty and x-rated but it's not meant to be it's meant like he's a welder he has you know he was in welding school he was a welding teacher before that he was you know a, a mechanic before that you know he worked in an auto body shop so his body has been his biggest asset <laughs> oh my god he'll kill me when I tell him like his body's his biggest asset but like you know, he knew how to trade his, let's call it his hands. Oh God, that sounds even worse. He knew how to trade his physical, oh my God, these are, these are so bad. These are puns. These are just going to be puns. He knew how to trade his physical strength, his hands and his body and his skill set for money. I mean, I have countless stories of how, you know, he would go ahead and take a welding job just so we could earn an extra hundred bucks because we had a bill we had to pay. Or he would go and like, you know, he would help out one of our friends. Um, they did car repos. He would go out and repo cars in freaking St. Pete in the damn hood two, three o'clock in the morning because it would bring in an extra two, three hundred bucks at night. Like there's so many things that he was willing to do to bring money into our household, but like it never stayed. And that's the other thing too, like you might be thinking, oh, well, my money mindset's not that bad, but my my partner, my spouse, my my person I'm living with, my, my mom, my family, they're the big problem. The one thing that I was surprised to see was once I started changing and modeling my money mindset changes and beliefs and getting out of the scarcity mindset and getting out of money doesn't feel safe and getting out of, you know, I have to choose between A or B. Once I started modeling that, it is so freaking true because it rang true that I 
had found a solution and the solution was working. I wasn't just talking about it, right? Like I was actually walking the walk. So like my dad came to me. I remember I was in the shop um, and I was listening to Amanda Francis in the background and my dad was talking to me about something and he's like, you know, he was struggling between this and this. And like this one phrase I told my dad, my dad still uses it today. What would this look like if it was easy? So every time my dad gets stuck, every time my dad gets frustrated, the first thing he goes back to, he's like, what is our family motto? What would this look like if it was easy? And then we go from there. My mom, my mom has gotten so much better about not just buying things because it's on sale or because it's cheap or because, you know, that, you know, you might not be able to buy something again. Like she actually is starting to get quality things that'll last her. She's starting to feel safe taking care of herself. She's, she's earned in this last two years, well, no, in the last three years, she's earned at least a dollar to $2 raise every single time where I can remember for like a good 15 years of my childhood, my mom earned the same amount of money. Didn't matter that she was talented. Didn't matter that she was magically this asset they couldn't live without. Didn't matter if she spoke two languages fluently, wrote two languages fluently, did a bunch of shit in Spanish for them, never got paid for it. My mom never got a raise. And now she's gotten to the point where she's like expecting raises. And she's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make more money and I'm going to do this and I'm going to make more money. And like to see her change is just been... So, so I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful. And even with Ben, like seeing him change, you know, whenever I have a money freak out or he has a money freak out, instead of the other person, you know, leaning into that, we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not who we are. But wait, we have money and savings. But wait, we have this. But wait, we have assets. But wait, we're now at the point where we want our money to work for itself and work for us. Like we don't have to, like when we, okay, I'll give you a very clear example of how your money mindset affects your family. So Ben was getting ready to do a delivery of um, rock in our dump trailer on Monday, because again, we still have a couple side businesses because we frankly enjoy it. It's not because we're desperate for the money. And he was getting gas at one of the gas stations in town and then someone pointed out that he had a flat tire on the dump trailer. And so he called me. He's like, I got a flat tire. Can you help me reschedule? So I called the lady and I'm like, hey, I might have to push this you know, delivery off just because we have a flat tire, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't with him this time. He called all around town. No one had a tire. The only people that had a tire was like a $300 tire when I could buy three sets of tires. Like I could buy physically three tires for the price of the one tire the only people in town wanted to do. And like, he started to freak out a little. And then I'm like, wait, stop. Like, you know, here's the best part about it. We have worked our faces off. We have changed our money mindset. We have changed our reality, changed our bank account that we do this job. We do the, the deliveries and the dump trailer. When we do all that stuff for fun money, this is not how we pay the bills. This is not how we keep the lights on. This is not how we buy groceries and, or how we pay for the fur babies, you know, snacks, like this is purely for fun money. And it's because we like doing it. Let me call. Let me reschedule with this lady. We'll get six brand new proper tires because apparently throughout the time we had had the trailer, we had used it enough. We literally wore off the damn tires. I ordered the new tires. They're supposed to be coming in the next day or so. And then we'll go back to making, you know, fun money doing something we enjoy. But like when I said that to him and I said it out loud, he's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. There's no need to risk myself or risk ripping an axle off the truck or risk having the, the, the trailer, 
do something dangerous and hurting us or hurting someone else. He's like, let's just go home. And we went home. And that was it. And like, because we changed our money mindset, because we did the work, because we had grown over the last couple of years, it was not that big of a deal for him to just say, okay, let's go home. And I followed him home. I was in the fiesta and he was taking the dually. And I followed him home just so that no one got too close behind him. God forbid, just in case. And we went home and we ended up goofing off for the rest of the day. We watched TV. I caught up on some emails. I worked on like Facebook pixels and all that crap that, you know, sometimes gets frustrating. But like, like we just moved on. And that's just one of like the so many small little micro examples of how it now is so different that money feels safe. Money isn't scary. Money isn't overwhelming. Money can be a trusted, you know, I never understood the phrase money could be trust a trusted friend. It now feels like a trusted friend. It feels like, it feels like a three-legged race with money. Like before it felt like I was running and I was dragging boulders and money was running in the opposite direction than I was. Now it feels like we're doing a three-legged race and it just keeps looking at me and saying, what do you want to do next? What do you want to do next? What do you want to do next? I'm here for you. And to say that, like every time I talk about that, like I cry. I just, I cry because I'm so incredibly grateful. We are, you know, this time next year, we will be on the path of starting to create generational wealth. God, you know, God willing, we'll have children one day and we'll be lucky enough to be honest. You know, we'll be able to actually have something to pass down to our kids. You know, we'll actually be able to have assets and resources and the money can be more than just us. It won't just be make enough money to pay the bills, make enough money to go to the store, make enough money to maybe go out once in a blue moon, maybe go on vacation, right? And good Lord, I have so many stories about how we used to go on vacation. Hello points. I mean, I, I, I was the queen of figuring out how to go on vacation for two to $400 because I use points for everything else. But like, that's not a reality anymore. Our reality is now we're going to own vacation homes, not a home, homes, homes. Like I can't wrap my brain around it sometimes. I'm just so incredibly grateful. And I will always say this. I am Amanda Francis's biggest fan because if it was not for her course, and if it was not for her coming back year after year, and showing up and adding a new module and adding a new module and adding a new bonus and adding a new module, I would not be here where I am today. I, I, I can guarantee that. I was talking to my mom about this and I was like, you know, here's the thing, right? Your money mindset is step one. Step one to unlocking who you are, how you want to monetize your life and how you want to monetize your skills. And that's the thing, like, you can't, and I, I've tried, so I'm speaking from experience, you cannot monetize your skills or get paid for the things you fucking rock at if all you do is sabotage yourself, if all you do is talk yourself out of getting a raise, talk out of talk yourself out of going for the job, talk yourself out of, you know, trying this or trying that. If you're sabotaging yourself, there's nothing left over for you to monetize your skill set. And I really do believe that everyone has a skill set on this earth and they should be getting paid for it. But they'll never get there if they cannot get past their money mindset. So every year when Amanda Francis comes out with her new course, I am the first one to be out there 
promoting the ever-living crap out of it. This year, I ended up, so for 2023, depending on when you're listening to this, for 2023, I've got the bonuses. You're going to get lifetime, lifetime access to betting on me. You're also going to get lifetime access to becoming the wealthy woman, which is more specific modules that I added on top of her wealthy woman course that helped me lean into the wealthy woman vibes when, you know, two years ago, it kind of felt like it was such a stretch that I couldn't imagine it. So you get lifetime access to that. Plus on top of it, if you get Amanda's course, you're going to get lifetime access to all of her updates. And when I say I go back, I probably go back two to three times a year at least and I like spend some time and I kind of brush off some things that got stale or I'm like oh this is something that's popping up and it's really frustrating me let me go ahead and fix that so there's that right like you've got lifetime access to these three amazing courses that will change your life because it has changed mine we should not be we should not be where we are we should not have the success we have. We should definitely not have the money in our bank accounts that we have. Like none of this would have been possible had we had not been willing to bet on ourselves, take a, take what felt like a chance, buy a course and do the work. And, you know, here's the thing, right? If you're listening to this and you're like, well, that sounds great, but the course feels overwhelming. There's, there's little things that you can do. You can start with the journal prompts. Use the code. It's 50% off. I think the, the journal prompts come out to like three or four bucks. Like do some journal prompts. Get yourself in the proper mindset. Look at her money mentality makeover course. I will be very honest. I paid for money mentality makeover through a payment plan because that felt the most luxurious. And I made sure to do extra things at work to make more commissions so I could pay for the course. Like I am a huge huge, huge proponent of her payment plan. So like there's tons of ways that you can go and you can monetize your skills, you can get paid, you can get out of this, this bad, ugly, non-serving relationship with money. Like you, you do not have to live in this reality forever. You can grow, you can change. And like I said, I, I, you know, Amanda was what I was asking for. I did the work and every single day I, 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 whether I succeeded it or not, I go back and I redo the work of how can this be easy? How can money feel safe? How can we grow next level? How can we build generational wealth? Where am I sabotaging myself that I shouldn't be anymore? Like I, I, I still do the work, you know, it's not, but it, but again, it's, it goes back to momentum. You know, I've got the momentum now of four years of doing this. I've got the momentum of, oh, that's a bad money belief. Hmm, I didn't realize I had that. Let me journal it out real quick. Let me talk it out real quick so I can move on and not do that again. Like it's, it's a course that will live with you and grow with you, I promise, as long as you're willing to do the work. So <laughs> with that being said, I have nothing but love and respect and deep deep gratitude for Amanda's Money Mentality Makeover course if you were definitely interested in it. Like I said, my 2023 bonuses, I'm not going to do this again. I'm only going to do this for this round. And after that, I'm not going to, I am definitely not going to do betting on me because I am planning as soon as this launch is over, I am planning on really beefing up betting on me. I have a ton of content that I have been working on, fleshing out, building out, 
that is going to be added to the betting on me course. And then again, if you get the money mentality makeover course, you'll get all of the bonuses from betting on me for free. It's just a lifetime content upgrade and it'll help you monetize your skills. But if you don't buy it right now through this program, then you're definitely not going to get the lifetime updates for free. You're going to have to, it's going to be a big difference. It's going to be a very big difference. Let's put it that way, right? So this is the best time if you want to get that course, if you want to get Money Mentality Makeover, if you want to take advantage of all the bonuses. Let's call it this way. If you want to stack all the coupons, this is the time to do it. And like I said, if you're afraid, do the payment plan. I, I can't tell you enough. Do the payment plan. Um, one thing which Amanda's company has always been really good about is if you do her payment plan, because I've done this twice now, if you do her payment plan and you want to make bigger payments or extra payments, you just have to reach out to them because I did that, right? So like I technically had, I think it was like a six month payment plan for something. I ended up paying it off in three months because I did some things. I did the work. I did some shifts. I was able to bring in more money and I took that money and I emailed her team and I'm like, Hey, I want to make an extra $200 payment, $400 payment, whatever payment. And they're like, okay, not a problem. And I ended up ironically doing that so many times. And I don't know if they still do this or not, but I did that so many times and I paid early that they ended up giving me a discount as if I had paid in full in cash, not cash, but like paid in full. Right. So like the interest charge that I would have had to have paid because I was on a payment plan, I even got that taken off and I didn't even ask for it. So when I say I'm a proponent of payment plans, I, I just love them. I just absolutely love them. I love her course. I'm so excited about the bundles. I'm so excited about the new release content that's coming out for betting on me. And I, here's what I hope for you. I hope that if you are having money struggles, if you are not feeling safe and you don't trust money, if you are tired of the daily yo-yo of trying to stay positive and while well, like basically not seeing any results, then I hope you consider and you look and you invest into money, money mentality makeover because it will change your life. So with that being said, I'm so thankful that you were here. I'm so thankful that you're listening to today's episode. I want to hear from you in particular, how does money feel for you? What does it feel like? Does it feel safe? Does it not feel safe? How does it make you feel scared, frustrated, alone, angry, uh, jealous? Like, what does it make you feel? So I want to hear that. I want to see if you end up buying any of the journal prompts and you use the code podcast love. I want you to email me and say, hey, Maggie, I use this coupon code. I bought this journal prompt. I bought this. I bought that. Hey, I ended up doing my homework and this is what I got. And, you know, you always, if you're not on my newsletter, you're always going to see all of my promos first, all of my special bonuses, all of everything that's going to come out for me is always going to come out for my newsletter. So you always could go to marketstevens.co slash subscribe and you can get what I have right now is a free course, which I'm getting ready to swap that out to. And I'm going to make this, make this into a paid program. Um, but it's my top three questions that I use daily to guide my decisions where I spend my time and my money. And then of course, because it's me, I have examples tied to each one of those. That course is going to go, or that free opt-in is going to go away. And I'm going to turn that into a little mini paid program. So again, tons of resources from me. You don't have to feel like you're alone. You don't have to feel like, you know, I don't have money. Therefore I can't like 
you've got options on every level. So here is to your growth. Here is to your success. Here is to, I'm actually recording this while I have my cup. that says, I allow myself to receive more money than I've ever imagined. Here is to you finding your version of what having more money than you've ever imagined looked like. I love you. I'm grateful for you. Here's to your growth. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.